0: Hey guys, Dan here. Just wanted to say a quick thank you for supporting the podcast, and if you'd like to advertise your business on the podcast in a slot just like this, please contact me at fisticuffs underscore podcast on Instagram. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, here we are with Harry Houdini Hardwick. How are you doing, my
1: friend? How are you finding lockdown? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Yeah, always good. Oh, lockdown, it's... You go. Yeah, lockdown's been weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've still been able to train, um, so that silver linings and that, but I do just want to get back to the gym and a mix of training partners because George does my tits in sometimes.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, like, so how long have you guys actually been training together for? When did you both start MMA? Uh,
1: well, we started Thai boxing when I was 15 and George was 12, I think it was About ten years ago now, uh, and then we started MMA about seven years ago. So quite a while. He did have two years off at one point, just because his he dislocated his elbow quite badly, and then he had something where his like scalp fell apart. So he had like two years off where he just did like loads of strength training by himself because he just didn't really fancy training. Uh, but then he then he come back, and within about. Two, three months of not training for two years. He had a prime MMA fight and won it. So yeah, but he he, he is a bit of an annoying training partner sometimes.
0: Well, this is it. Like he gets like sibling rivalry and all that. How do you guys like get on? Because there's twins at um, my gym who like train the Murns twins, and like yeah, I could imagine it just getting each other's tits. Like my brother doesn't even want to drill with me, let alone like train with me properly.
1: I mean, that was one of the things that that like helped is that we. When the gym's going normally, we don't do a lot of um, rounds with each other. We almost never drill with each other in the classes. It's always, like, if we sort of come in by ourselves, that's when we do any drilling with each other. Um, Just because we did have a really weird phase where we were almost like the same fighter, where we'd we'd talk about the same techniques to each other and we'd get loads of rounds in. it was getting to the point where we were, like, you know, inside – kicking at the same time and like throwing these things at the same time and it was a bit
0: virtually identical I had to say it <laughs> sorry I couldn't help myself
1: yeah the, <laughs> one of the best MMA memes that there is but uh, yeah it, was, it got to the point where our rounds were a bit shit um, but now we sort of we we're very different fighters now and it, it helps because our rounds are really really good now Like lots of different looks lots of different things um, they're very busy Whereas we did end up going through a phase of, round, of rounds just being weird. There'd be like staring contests where we'd occasionally throw the same move.
0: It's like when you choose the same character on a game, you've got to be like slightly different, like different color shorts or something. So like, how did you yeah. guys like get to the point of changing your style then? Is it something you proactively decided like, okay, I'm going to take the inside kick, but you can have the outside one. You can have a south <laughs> ball, but I'm going to have a spinning kick. let's like sit down like a really good list of moves.
1: <laughs> no, it was it was more just like going with different people and you know we, I think we're both a bit more experimental um, with sort of how we how we train um, and like you know we ne- neither of us are ever going to be ones to say I do this this is my set style this is how I fight and I'm never going to change how I fight it's always you know if we, we see fighters we like neither of us ever We'll watch a fighter and think, "Oh, I can't do that." Like it's always just no. If you, if, limits. If, yeah, if you practice, if you practice that enough, you can do it. So we, you know, I was watching different fighters, being influenced by different things, sparring. You know, with it, like not sparring with each other. So when we for a while, so when we do spar, it, we can surprise each other. You know How what involved in mean?
0: each other's camps? Did you get like? Do you try and leave each other to it? Do you? get stuck in all the time how do you oh
1: we're mega involved in each of this camps because um middlesbrough fight academy where we train, is a pretty small gym um we're the only two sort of active pros at the moment we've got another guy turning pro soon and both of us take you know fairly you know we we both have a bit of a coaching role at mfa but we're also very like heavily involved coaching one another which i think it kind of helps with the styles differing a little bit because we both hold pads a bit different we both teach things a little bit different um, so that that helped but yeah we're very heavily involved it's like it's a, it's a team effort it's like it, both of us it's, uh, it's like wanting to succeed at the same time we want each other to succeed it's not like um, Golovkin and his brother where they were both really really good as amateurs. But then, I'm pre- this is what I'm pretty sure happened, they were like, well, Gennady gets more knockouts, so he'd have more appeal in the West, so he's going to be the fighter as a pro. You just do it. And just like I-, I couldn't have that. It's-, it's both of us succeeding. It has to be.
0: Now, when you're in the corner for one another, how do you, I don't know, how emotionally invested are you? Do you try and keep the coach's head on? Do you have your sibling head on first? Or how do you see things?
1: Uh, it's just... It, it's just cornering another fight. I've, I've cornered a lot of fights. Um, the main difference with cornering George is that we've got loads of weird little terms for things that we know we can say and understand. That, like, it's not like a code we've set out and organized. It's not like, you know, Mark Henry has, like, a list of thing, coded things before, he you know, each fight. It's just we spe- you know we still live in the same house we spend a lot of time together um we just like have weird terms for things and nicknames for things and slangs for things so i know i can just use the like our own weird language to describe things when cornering george whereas cornering other people i've got to actually say it in terms that make sense
0: so in regards to like you two at home like how do you get around burning out and stuff do you like allocate time? You're going to be watching like fights back and stuff. Do you allocate any sort of time specific, like scheduling, or is it sort of do your own thing and then work out as you go along?
1: It's both of us uh, like don't do any kind of scheduling really. Like we schedule our training, but as far as I don't know, um, I like the sport enough where I, I watch fights pretty much every single day. Um, he he'll watch fights every day. Yeah, we just have yeah I never have to get motivated to watch some fights Um, but as far as like when we have fights coming up it's the other brother who watches more on the opponent like say if I'm fighting George watches more footage on the guy and does more like the in-depth look whereas I can just be a bit of like a you know I can just dumb it down and go in and fight and just do what he says he's seen if that makes sense yeah
0: definitely See, I meant more on a sense of trying to switch off. I as mean, much as you love fighting and everything else, when you've got, like, a camp, you're so, like, invested in that. It's more just, I don't know, when you're in a house with a fighter who, you know, is very similar to you in many <laughs> many means of the word. Yeah. It's just trying to find that kind of break, thinking, do you know what, just put on something else. just whack on, like, Toast of London or whatever. I don't want to watch this <laughs> fight
1: fast, please. <laughs> we went through so many of the, like, British comedy series in the in like the whole lockdown I've gone through all of Father Ted all of Black Books all of Toast of London I've just nearly done IT Crowd Uh, I really like you know comedies but I don't I don't schedule if it's just if I feel like watching something that's not fighting or if I'm going to go on the PlayStation or if it especially if it's a new game we'll like kick each other out of the room you know with the PS4 in just because we don't want the other person there so spoiling our our first experience of a game but uh, yeah I don't switch off much, but uh, I never struggle to find the time to do when I when I do switch off. But most of the time, both of us are thinking about fighting and we'll talk about fighting. I don't know. I, I think we work more on momentum. We don't get like the more we think about it and do it, the more we want to do it. If you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. Like the more we're thinking about fighting, the more we're training. The more we want to think about fighting the more we want to train whereas uh, it hasn't happened much but if i go through a spell of you know not training much i don't really want to And i can't be bothered watching fights uh I suppose that's why george had his two years off it was like he didn't do it for a while and then just he didn't want to do it for a while and wasn't as interested um i don't know if uh, I, th- I think that is a big reason for it i don't know
0: I mean, how are what? you feeling with everything now? Because obviously you fought back in like November, and that's been a big uh,
1: concern. I, I want to fight. I, like, they I think I have just seen someone on the news there that um, they'll be doing. They'll be allowing sports behind closed doors on June first. So if they say, "Oh, we got a, we got a fight show on June third or June second or something," I would say yes. Like, would like if if be, <laughs> if, if Bellatol were just like, "Yeah, oh, sports are back on. Let's no organization of or anything. Let's He's just put on. fights on." Now. <laughs> I'd rock off I mean, doesn't matter if I've got a beer in my hand <laughs> now um, I'm dying for a fight I'm, I'd be ready to go I've stayed in really good shape I, I'd say I'm actually in better shape now as far as like general fitness than normal because normally I'm just so focused on getting more rounds in and doing this whereas now I think I'm I'm in more like actual fitness shape whereas I can kind of neglect that just to do more rounds and do more drilling
0: in. Oops, sorry. see that always my fun because i was going to ask about your weight cut and your weight now but if you're all disciplined it kind of ruins it but it's not funny now if it's sensible like what, yeah. what, what, what around at now are you like a sensible like actual professional weight are you like you know been
1: enjoying the bickies um I, I, i'm never overly strict with my eating anyway but i i could make weight next week if i needed easily uh after training earlier, I was 71, 70 something, so I could make weight dead easy. And that's me, but, you know, I had pizza last night, so. What kind of pizza Talk to me? Uh, well, it was just. Our dad was going to make a homemade one, but he left the dough in the fridge for. T- like, the, f- the fridge was too cold, so the dough didn't rise. So he went and bought some, like, he he bought some shop bought ones, which one of them was a bit naff, but then he got some like posh one with like some really nice Italian sausage and like mozzarella and, and like basil and stuff and I was like oh, that, that one's nice. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of like posh pizza for the most part. I prefer a big like a big <laughs> thick, dirty takeaway pizza, but um that one was nice. That one was very nice
0: but this is it posh is uh, it's got like nice cheese on it <laughs> like, this is, it's too glassy for me it's like like this <laughs> <laughs> i
1: am from middlesbrough you've got to understand that
0: well you said that not me and we're gonna sort of <laughs> make that very clear um, <laughs> regards of in camp strength and conditioning because you're saying right now you're like traditionally fitness fit what is your strength and conditioning like within a fight camp is it much of that or is it more just specific stuff
1: well, George has a degree in um, applied sports science. He's got like, a first cra- first class honors degree in applied sports science. So maybe twice a week, I'll do a session that he sort of re- he writes up. Um, but as, as far as strength and conditioning, so sort of during fight camp or just you know around, I tend to go with the fact that I think your fitness, like your endurance and your your cardio and your really push-based stuff, that comes from your drilling and your pad work and your sparring and your wrestling. Whereas in any kind of like dedicated strength and conditioning sessions, I'm, I'm more focused on building physical qualities. Like I want it to get faster, or I want it to get stronger, like, you know, get stronger. I want to get like a stru- heavy, you know, better Zercher squat, or I want to do like plyometrics and stuff. is that just such a specific exercise (laughs) it's a very specific exercise it was just that was the last one that was like you know we go through like I'll go through like phases of exercises to do whereas you know you want to build physical traits and stuff and that was the last one on a that we had in like a phase of them so, that's why it was in my head.
0: It's <laughs> a very niche one. Like, oh, my Bulgarian split squat my left side needs to be really worked on. i thinking, okay, that's a bit too niche.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs>
0: Each to their own. I mean, Zurchia is one of those things you always see in the sort of grappling, um, like strength training routines and, like, MMA routines. Uh, that kind of stuff, it seems really applicable. A uh, fine line between two specific versus general fitness and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, do you do much of like, mobility and flexibility? Because I was watching your fight back with... Um, Robbie Fallon thing it was with your like you're in like an omoplata and your arms like up <laughs> over behind your head I don't know how yeah. you still have it attached to you or whatever
1: Um, I do mobility I don't do much flexibility I don't do any static stretching whatsoever um, none I do, I, I do mobility stuff like that that tends to have a better carryover. over um, static stretching as, as weird as it sounds I mean if you get george and ask him about this he's the one with the degree who can actually read all the research papers and and back up what his claims but um static stretching can increase your injury risk by just kind of like yanking on your joints and making your joints a bit so like they can go into a, a he's the one with the are you degree sure? are you, are you right? can, <laughs> like yeah it can increase injury risk I don't, yeah. it can increase injury risk if you start like properly just yanking on your joints with static stretching whereas mobility stuff where you've got control of your joints through that motion can help but the Robbie Fallon fight was just weird um, I knew he cause I, from watching his fights before I knew he was very like you know he a jiu-jitsu black belt but he was very suited to jiu-jitsu competitions where he's got five minutes and he's just gonna go all out in those five minutes and try and like yank off any any limb he can get hold of and i I remember just in a few of the submissions i could hear him going like like and there's like spit coming out of his mouth and his like everything was tensing and he was shuddering and i was like yeah you're you're fucked if this goes the next round you're fucked and then, and then he actually—it like, was—it was easier than I thought in the next round, and I, I, I sort of freaked out a bit because his eyes rolled back into the back of his head, and I'd never seen a knockout that—that that bad, that close before. And I was like, "Fucking hell, what's just happened there?" But yeah, that was where the Didi name comes from.
0: I was going to say, of all the places for it to come from, makes sense being that one. And uh, yeah. oh god, yeah, I just. It, because I hate shoulder locks. They make me cringe so much. More than like leg locks and stuff. I hate it. Seeing that like all right behind you, thinking oh god, it's gonna come off in a minute. But no. Fair play to you. Fair... regardless regards when you're in that kind of position, what is in your head? Is it like panic? Is it composed? What's your like mindset in these sort of submission attempts?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say it's panic as much. Uh, you try you try and like disconnect yourself from your Oh uh, well, like, I try and Sort of be a bit emotionally disconnected during fights, and it like takes me a while after the fight to, to get out of that mode. It's why I, I never really get like a big high when I'm in the cage or anything afterwards, it's just I'm just there doing a job. Um, but you're there, just as daft as it sounds. I, I was I was one and all at the time, and I'm just thinking in some of those positions, oh, one and one now, aren't I? Like, you just I was just thought, all right, you know, losing is very much a, a possibility, but I'm going to, tr- like, try my hardest for that not to be a possibility, but it's there. It's just, I've just got a job to do. If the submission's not going to break I'll break something, if it doesn't feel like it's going to break something, I'm not tapping. If it doesn't feel like it'll make me unconscious, I'm not tapping. Um, I just knew because I could, I could, like, I could feel, as weird as it sounds, I could, like, feel him shuddering you was putting that much effort into them i was just thinking all right you know next round will be different next round will be different
0: sure enough so that's an interesting way you phrase it like doing a job and then switching out of it afterwards what is it what how would you get into that mindset in the first place and how where's that come from
1: um it's just like through amateur fights and like various Fights, you know, different fights. You you try and like think about. Oh, I've got to. Like you think. Oh, if I'm if I'm making confident in this, then I'll then I'll do better. Or you think. Oh, I've got to be angry. You know, make me do better. I've got to not like the guy. and It'll make me do better. Or I've got to. Or some people get anything. Oh, I wasn't nervous that fight, and it and it made me worse. Whereas, m- all of it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, the best state to be in is just. You're just there and you, you're gonna do a job it's the stuff you've done in the gym all the time so if you do pretty much every day um, your body's just gonna take over and regardless of what you think you're gonna do or how you how you think you're gonna be you're just gonna do what you do in training um, so you just got to make sure you you've trained properly that's it like what you, you never rise to the level of your expectations. You always fall to the level of your training is a, is, is a phrase that I don't like many of these platitudes and phrases that people share about. But that that's one that really does ring true. Um, it's just I know it's it's almost like a done deal. When, when you go into a fight, you're like, I've trained. He's trained. It's some subconscious thing. Not None of us really have much conscious control of what we're doing and how we're responding. We're just doing. We're just sort of there for it for the ride, really. It's a weird out-of-body thing. Like, so uh, you do stuff and you're like, oh, that's, that was cool. I did that. Wow. You, you, you didn't think about doing it. You just do it.
0: How far out do you get that kind of feeling? Is it a camp thing? As soon as the fight's booked, do you start training in that mindset? Is it something on the fight day itself? Or what does it really um,
1: like it? I don't know. It's, I think it's just sort of more during the fight. Like, I... I'll be quite thorough in my training and I'll, I'll try and like cuz you know you you'll get nervous and I'll, I have you know I got very nervous for my last fight maybe not as nervous for the fight before but like it's just the the nerves and your emotions kind of vary they're never the same um, so you just got to th- think I'll I'll perform regardless you know so, some training sessions out like maybe before a spar I'll try and I'll try and make myself nervous or say if, um I remember before my last fight uh, Michael Stewart, the the other guy from our gym, was going to turn pro. He's an absolute fucking like nightmare, a real handful to spar with. And he, both of us tend to have like an arms race when we spar. Like, we we tend to start countering each other's counters and stuff. And I go, oh, I'm sparring him for 15 minutes tomorrow. Fuck. And I was like nervous the night before a spar. And as daft as that sounds, that kind of like it just makes everything more normal on the fight day. Like having that you know, feeling nerves at some point for, for a sparring session during training. Um, sometimes, like, you know, doing a sparring session late on a Saturday night because that's when all fight shows are. No one ever trains on a Saturday night, but that's when fight shows are. Uh, you kind of get the whole dickhead crowd thing because there's a pub opposite our gym, so you're walking past loads of drunk assholes yelling at you, which is very fight show. So you just try and get as much of as much of that fight feeling or as that fight day feeling as you can in training and then the fight days, it's a bit more normal and then you, there's nothing stopping you just doing what you do all the time you know.
0: on the build up are you quite vocal about how you feel in your head about everything or you just
1: keep it to yourself I keep to myself I'm very like shy about it I, like, I, I would never say I felt bad about this or anything until afterwards because sometimes if you say stuff out loud it can kind of it can you can become that if you know what i mean Mm. you're like oh god i'm fucking scared of this and i'm gonna fail and blah 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 It can kind of you can sort of become that a little bit i remember gsp was talking about it before i don't get as nervous as he does though like fucking hell he was saying he had to like before the the bisbing fight he locked himself in a bathroom and stared at the mirror and going you are the best fighter in the world it's <laughs> like punching the mirror and trying to trying to say himself oh, i don't have to do that stuff but i love the
0: gsp voice it's my favorite accent in mma i think it's incredible oh,
1: it's an amazing accent the French just the french canadian accents just it's like a confused accent the accent doesn't really know what it is
0: are oh, you intoxicated? <laughs> I can't do it anymore, it's awful. <laughs> I love it. Uh, there's a few good ones. Well Anderson Silver one always kills me. Whenever I see him, it just <laughs> oh, it's dreadful. It's oh, it's oh awful. The,
1: uh, just speaking of accents, um Darren Till, do you know how we, he speaks Portuguese yeah. as well? Um Pete Pete Irving, my jiu jitsu coach, speaks Portuguese fluently. And he says even the the dialect of portuguese darren till speaks is just the ch- like their equivalent of like the chaviest <laughs> like he's got a proper chavvy portuguese <laughs> yeah like he doesn't even just speak like the normal brazilian portuguese he speaks their their chav language
0: i wonder what raw dog is in portuguese
1: that's been some of my favorite trash talk i've it might be my favourite trash talk ever actually the the Till Perry stuff because it's for a fight that makes no fucking sense whatsoever like, it would be the stupidest fucking fight there would be no point to it at all but i had watched
0: that I just love Darren Till's trash talk because it's so tasteful like if you take into account McGregor's has all gone a bit too like political and a bit, a bit edging on racist whereas Till's just a bit like I don't know he's just a bit more playful with it like him and um, Mike Perry's thing like, the whole thing the whole spar and spar confusion I don't know how that even escalated. I don't know where that really went sour.
1: Yeah. And have you heard, like, Mike Perry talking about that sparring session? But, mm. like, Darren Till didn't have a gum shield, so he had some, like, like paper towels in his mouth to, as, to act as a gum shield. And they had one boxing glove and one MMA glove each. And then, because it, it was a UFC card, there was, like, some, some other team just using that workout room We were just sat in the corner <laughs> while they, like, break fuck out of each other.
0: And he was saying that he beat up Darren Till, said he kneed him in the face or something like this and he was bleeding loads and all. So he stopped him a couple of times and all this kind of stuff. And it makes <laughs> you wonder a little bit like, mm, did it really happen? Did
1: it really happen? Yeah, he's oh, you yeah. Like, as much as I, I don't agree with, you know, Mike Perry sacking his coaches and wanting his girlfriend in the corner, I don't agree with him posting videos of him sparking some guy on Insta. MMA is a more fun place with him around. I love it like yeah oops sorry but like <laughs> he's a he's like a total tit but he's a very entertaining tit
0: I'll tell you what he's like he's like of those lads on a night out who's like the life of the pipe but pisses everyone off he's one of those guys he like starts yeah. singing along to the work
1: <laughs> yeah he's like he's like the person who sounds funny when you tell stories about him but if you've actually been on a night out with him, he's a nightmare. He's mortified. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, he's definitely not one of my favourite fighters. I remember when it was, um, I think before the Woodley fight. I think it was the Wonder Boy fight the one before that. We came out to, um, was it, Sweet Carolina, I think it was. I just saw Electric and then, oh, he's just so funny. And then he says things so wrong. It's like, was it, like I don't care. No, he doesn't care okay. about... I don't care about my family, I don't care about my pregnant girlfriend, I don't care about my daughter All this kind of stuff, I'm thinking, oh, I know what you meant, but like... Uh. Yeah,
1: it's like, <laughs> you know what he means, but he's not phrased it well at all Like, he's just, he's he's really shot himself in the foot there
0: well, then, so. And you seen the thing with him and um, Robert Whitaker, like, chipping dipping and all that kind of stuff
1: Yeah, Rob just <laughs> Rob like Rob, Rob Waker pulls a picture of him in the Doom Guy hat with like, Oh, I'm gonna speedrun Doom on the hardest difficulty. And then, like you're a nerd, Rob. Rob, where you what dip you Rob Whitaker is a proper nerd though, like like serious straight up. Like I I thought I was nerdy, but Robert Whitaker, fucking hell.
0: To what um, extent is he a nerd? I haven't really seen all this side of it.
1: Well, um, uh, George found like a clip of like Rob Waker had that sort of Grange TV podcast with him and one of his coaches and he was explaining to his coach how he would go to like these um, conventions like dressed as an elf or something and his coach was like Rob you go to a convention dressed as an elf? You're a fuckwit Rob. Rob why do you di- you're a fuckwit. What if someone <laughs> Rob, sees The accent the accent's <laughs> killed me. <laughs> Who's the fuck? A fuck- it, Truth. <laughs> of... what are you even doing <laughs> and rob's like trying to defend himself like no no it's fun it's fun i just dress as an elf and go <laughs> he's these like be- bethesda conventions i really like skyrim, <laughs> <laughs> like skyrim. <laughs> The he oh.
0: Oh. wasn't like you know middleweight fucking like contender and stuff he'd be like even still, it's just a bit... I mean, Starbender gets away with being a bit like an anime nerd just because, I don't know, because he's fun, I guess.
1: Well, that's the thing. You had, like, you know, the, the big, one of the biggest fights in, in combat sports you know, history, the, mo- the most attended UFC fight, and it was between an anime, like a, a anime-loving weeb who does the fucking anime run and a guy who dresses up as an elf at conventions... <laughs> It really flips your expectations on your head about what you think a fighter should be. Martial art nerds.
0: (laughs) Old school, like, um, chess club kind of like dweebs.
1: Yeah, it's like... It is just, like, the kind of people you'd see at chess club. You just got... Like, um... Fucking Stylebender doing a Death Note thing. Like, I'm sort of vaguely aware of what it is. But, like... Where he pulled, a, he pretended to pull a pen out of his hair, and write a thing and a thing, and then put it in just as he was staring Rob Whitaker down in the cage, and I thought, that's a bit weird. What was that? Of? And then someone on the UG pointed, out, oh, that was there was a Death Note reference, which is like a really popular anime series that he must just oh. really love. he He's just like, I, I like Stylebender, but it makes it I, hard, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I do anymore. Yeah.
0: Oh, and um. Oh, there's a few other ones who do something similar to that.
1: Well, Michael Page, when he fought was in Bellator recently, did did the Naruto run?
0: And the pokeball as well. He threw that sidebar um, Cyborg, he broke his head. Oh yeah, bit. Don't know what I'm making of that. I think it was just a bit weird, really. It was, it was kind of funny, but like the man's head caved in literally. Like you see people yeah, say, yeah. talk about it, but it literally caved in. I'm thinking, oh god, put your pokeball away. It's not a good. Lot of time for yeah, that, Michael.
1: It's like it appeals to the people who are sort of very casual about the sport, who just think, "Oh yeah, knockouts. That guy fucking sucks. He's asleep. Yeah." But for like people who've been around the sport a lot it's of the time, the
0: accents, I love
1: him I love him <laughs> It's just some of that happens. But when when people who've been around the sport for a while they see a really bad knockout, there's an element of "ooh," but for a lot of it, it's like <laughs> "fucking hell." Uh. Like when you know when Ngannou knocks people out a lot of the time, it's like
0: <sighs> you see um, Jazini or his name is absolutely clobbered.
1: Yeah, like when you know it's just for a lot of people who've been around combat sports a while, your first reaction to a knockout isn't "Whoa, this is amazing!" It's ah, yikes, yikes. Oof. That's bad. That <laughs> you you start thinking like. God, what's that guy going to be like when he wakes up? Is he going to have that big, like, flashy thing? And Is his head going to knack? Is he going to rush back into training? You start going through all these thoughts where, to casual observers, they never think of any of that. It's just, oh, yeah, that's a big knockout. That's sick. But...
0: How happy are you that um, Triple Cringe is retired?
1: uh, Like, I like his fighting. When he fights, he does loads (laughs) of... But um the act's weird. But like you gotta think the UFC's starving for gimmicks at the minute. They've got no one who's got a gimmick, um, other than Colby and triple triple C. And at least with triple C, it's sort of funny but, like it Colby's just hovering on this line of just being completely obnoxious and you're just like, Oh shut the fuck up Whereas Triple C is almost like comedic in how childish it is like when he gets a, that snake out and starts whipping it on the floor you're like what the fuck is this bullshit
0: I've seen the pillows um, the pillows of like tj and i'm um, dom and, um, so.
1: <laughs> yeah you're just like with that one you sit there and you think he's had to go to someone to get those made like he not like it's just a cheap throwaway gag that most people are going to oh that's a bit strange he's had to like go through the effort of i mean probably the white frame glasses guy in his corner did it but like going, <laughs> going to like get some, some pillows made with these fighters faces on in these shapes but as far as him retiring fair play to him um, we are like he's he made good he'll have made good money for that Dominic cruise fight he made I think 400,000 just as his like pay but then he was on pay-per-view points as well and again this is going to sound like I'm being a bit thorough but like In the UFC antitrust lawsuit that happened recently, they brought you know, the details of pay-per-view points got released. And I think for if it's for every pay-per-view over six hundred thousand buys, you get two dollars fifty. And they did seven hundred thousand pay-per-view buys for that card. And he was the only one with points. So he he'll have been like the highest earner on that card by a fucking huge amount. So he's probably got enough money to retire very comfortably on. Um good for him retiring before he's brain damaged and slurring his words good for him
0: imagine what it'd be like if you were slurring his words as well
1: <laughs> actually yeah it's a shame we didn't get that <laughs> that would be quite good wouldn't it yeah that would have been amazing
0: <laughs> did you hear about um colby getting kicked out of um american top team
1: yeah i mean of time, you, you don't start i know american top teams have it's you know it's, it works quite differently how most gyms over here you're all you're all best mates and you interact with everyone on your team whereas American top team there's fucking hundreds of fighters and this and that and different coaches so it that him starting beef with his teammates is a bit different there but it's still fucking stupid like it's still really fucking stupid um now like what's he gonna do as far as training partners or is it his coaches and um
0: Get his girlfriend <laughs>
1: What, one of these women he pays for. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pays to have, have in his Instagram posts. God, like, imagine being one of those girls' parents. You'd be like, you know, if, if if your daughter could do anything, but if your daughter's taking money to appear in Colby Covington hype videos, that's when you'd, you'd think, oh, I need an intervention now. Like, fucking. It's, it's very sad. It's, it's on the same level as selling tea on Instagram.
0: Oh, that's, that's a fine line though. Booty, you know, is a fine art, and that um, juice plus, it's a should be a degree kind of level stuff, is. Eh?
1: Yeah, my um, George had someone who we went to college with, who started selling like a really athletic guy, like a you know a gymnast who they they had like push up challenge forfeits in the class for being late, and he was late once and just did his push like handstand push ups just to show off, but he started selling juice plus. And in his pitch for it, the first thing he said was, oh, I'm selling Juice Plus, um, firstly, for personal profit. Just, boom, honestly, right out of the way. And I'm like, Oof. you know what? I like that guy. Respect. And I go, boom, straight away. I'm selling this because I want to make money. Okay. Can't complain. Well, this is it. Can't complain about what Juice Plus is or anything. I mean. If, you, if that's.
0: I'm not burning any bridges for anyone listening, but yeah. I don't, there's a certain kind of person in
1: it there? there's a certain um. yeah well my first Lincoln in DL20 for discounting on, on Booty go yeah I mean my first Jiu Jitsu coach um, Jamie Taylor he's a personal trainer as well and he's had like loads of big fucking rants on Facebook about Juice Plus and about how it's a pyramid scheme and this and that and then there's always people who sell it who chime in in the comments. And it's like, ah, It's a multi level, p- <laughs> the multi level, um, what do you
0: call it, marketing scheme or, some, or plan or something. Yeah, kind of you're like, but I'm just like, yes, I get to read some Facebook drama. Let's get the comments out of the popcorn, or like the Michael Jackson yeah. thing. <laughs> i a few times. I love it. I love, oh, oh fucking hell. Should we talk about MMA still? I'm oh, talking about you know the creds of the fitness world. Let's go on about cosmetic surgery. Here we are.
1: <laughs> Just whatever. It's your podcast. Whatever thoughts you want.
0: What makes an influencer? Here we go. Are you an influencer? There we are. That's a question for you. Would you
1: classed uh, as an influencer? N- no. I, I don't think it's a thing. Um, it's unemployed. Isn't it? I think. I think there's 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 people who do stuff. And then there's people who don't do anything who claim to do stuff. Those are influencers.
0: Here's a fine line. It's it's a sad time where like kids are trying to become influencers and like you see all kinds of like questionable stuff and like Instagram and stuff. Like I tell you what is really getting thrown about a bit too loose is all the mental health stuff. Like mental health awareness week and stuff. People are using it to a like, proper market and stuff and it's so oh. like out of taste and thinking, oh, it's it's taking the point and just like on his head
1: yeah like i i my last job before i sort of quit to um, teach privates and fight full-time was um i was a support worker and it's like when you when you see and you're around people with real learning disabilities and real mental health stuff you realize there's just a lot of like i don't want to say because there's a lot of piggybacking there's a lot of attention seeking with it um obviously everyone goes through like kind of you know there's like different mental health phases and stuff but there are people who are using it as a tool to sort of like gain attention and just go oh yeah i'm getting attention Whereas it's a much more complicated issue than that it, it's it really is um and it's like you you think, oh, this is insulting to people with like, you know, was, um, genuine bad mental health problems, or you know, the kind of. But then you also think, well, even like these attention-seeking people, they have they have in a way helped raise awareness for it. Um. It's, now,
0: that interest. That's a point there. Now, here's the counterpoint to you. Here's something I want to hear your opinion on saying that just then do you think people who film themselves giving to homeless people do you reckon it's a bad thing or not like being openly on social media about them donating to charities and stuff to get that affirmation
1: Uh, yeah this it's an it's another awkward one Mm. um on the one hand mutual benefits the 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 best agreement you can get they get food you get more popular it's it's a mutually beneficial thing but on the same side Im, imagine if you're a homeless guy and someone's just sticking a camera in your face and forcing you to have this food and you are just forced to accept this food because of your situation it can be a bit humiliating like if you were to maybe like ask the homeless person about maybe if you were to, like give them some food ask if they want to be filmed Ask them questions like try to hear their story, that would be a bit better. But just shoving a camera in their face and saying, have, the, "Have this food. Mm, look at me. Look how good I am. Oh yeah, I'm so great. Everyone, oh, press the likes. Oh it's amazing. You're you're a twat. <laughs> the
0: sound. We need a soundboard from this podcast of all your actions. I love it. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, yeah, me. I give, I give homeless people meals. And I, I ram the camera re- right in the face. I got the flash on. they don't blind. They can't even see.
0: it is an interesting i'm gonna try and go back to be relatively like you know calm (laughs) it does make sense because the whole concept is where i come from on this of yeah it's distasteful but ultimately the people are being helped but what you've raised there is a good sort of perspective on this uh, as long as it's done with respect and that you know it's done with the consent it's not just okay um here's um some food lay down you're like here you go do you mind if i film you just for like you know to Feel my self esteem and my you know, validation from other people please Like my attention seeking you know, so and so because they're a bit more yeah. overt about it then it's not the end of the world I guess
1: yeah it's um, you know maybe getting the homeless guy sorry I actually remember a good a good example of this that I can think of is um, Abdul Mohammed my coach you know he's, he's from Afghanistan which is a pretty you know downtrodden country um, it's, it's it's had its fair share of problems but um, his daughter Zara was like going, "Oh, Logan Paul! You know, she's she's only little, but she's like, Logan Paul gave money, gave money and food to this homeless guy. He's such a good guy." And I'm like, "Your dad gives lo, you know, loads of money and loads of help to people who are in dire situations back home. You know, and he doesn't he doesn't ask for any kind of like recognition. He doesn't he doesn't tell people. Like, the only reason I know about it is because I, I I know him well and I've talked to." I've talked to him enough and asked him enough questions about um, about Afghanistan but like I'm like Sarah, just look for your inspiration at, at home you, your dad's doing all that stuff
0: yeah, but and he isn't parading Maverick, he's not got Maverick merch on so it's a bit different he's not got you know throwing dead bodies yeah, and in the forest you know it's not quite the same is it?
1: yeah it's not, <laughs> not quite the same he's, he's not a total prick um, yeah like the Paul's with it <laughs>
0: they're unbelievable like did you see one of them i think it's one of logan's mates is like going out with porn stars at Lana roads whatever it is and i'm just thinking how could you go out with someone like that how could you be in the public eye with a girlfriend like that who's you know well known for what's the word i don't know
1: yeah like on the on the one hand you sort of like you know she's a sex worker it's it's her job it's it's no less valid a means of income than other things, you know. It's it's, it's usual, but it is, you know, for, for for that guy. It is his girlfriend who's like taking some serious pipe while while he's off doing it. <laughs> like, I don't think, yeah, you wouldn't want to be him. Like, really
0: the way i could you know you like it he said oh yeah so-and-so's um shagged him um, his bird before and also and that yeah like that sort of hearsay but you no know, if you just type in the name you just see like i don't know how many like you know <laughs> oh. and then the rest of it you just think oh oh that poor girl <laughs>
1: it's not really my story I sh- Nah, fuck it pete wouldn't care pete knew some people two of his mates in L- i won't divulge any details in it who they were or anything Joe he had, them. yeah he had he had two friends in london um best mates and one of them you know everything was going right for him yeah you know he was engaged blah 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 all falls apart you know he ends up breaking up and it's it's going a bit bad for him but then he, he meets a girl and says oh I think I've found the one I'm I'm really I'm really liking this bird you know I love and he was like sort of madly in love with her and then someone they know goes to his mate you know his, his other mate so we'll go Guy one is the wo- guy in the relationship and guy two is his friend. So someone goes up to guy two and it's like, is this guy one's girlfriend? And it's a link to a fake taxi video. <laughs> and it was guy one's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it is fucking hell. He- he's, she's been saying she's going to work and she's going to this fucking going to the back of the taxi and t- tongue in this old man's ass. But the thing is with guy two is he did one of the most like british friend things you could ever think of is he didn't just tell his he didn't just tell guy one straight away that his girlfriend was acting in porn videos he like got screenshots of it of like different moments on it and then put it in guy one's birthday card and went, oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like this story is 100% true i'm like oh fuck me that's one of the <laughs> It's
0: one of the most grim stories I've ever <laughs> had It's so, <laughs> <is> so good <laughs> that so good Oh fucking hell
1: It's fucking grim that That's incredible, imagine that
0: Imagine like you just met this girl And you're like, oh, you get the real butterfly She's, like, oh, she's the one, like, you know, you can imagine All these plants together And you get, oh, cheers guys, you know, I'm in a really good place Like, you know, everyone's with me And I've got the love of my life, she's coming over later And you get this card, you're like
1: just tore all <laughs> up in some old ball. <laughs> the same the same mouth that kissed you probably the same day she went off and said she was going to work fuck <laughs> oh me I
0: wonder who she said whenever, it was oh yeah have a hard day at work so that You're after. just
1: draft. whatever whenever you have like bad things happen like I don't know ever since Pete's told me that story whenever I think you know my life's a bit weird or stuff's going badly I'm like is it, though? Is it, though? <laughs> that could be... <laughs> oh. it's, like, it's like I watch a, you know a fair bit of comedy shows, and I, you know, I quite like sitcoms. And I'm like, you know, if someone put that in a sitcom, you'd be like, nah, this is a bit silly. A bit this large. is a bit stupid. Bit...
0: give <laughs> oh. it realistic. Funny. See, see um, what's his name? The BKB um champion. What's his name? Tyler Goodjohn. His girlfriend is like porn star in fake taxis and stuff, and they do like... I think they shagging early fans and stuff like he's probably like you know out now i'm thinking
1: fucking hell some people are just off it though like your normal or like our you know our normal to some people that just doesn't register like you meet some people and you just say like, what the fuck is your life what are you and they, they just don't care that's just what they, that's their normal that's their habits that's what they're up to that's what they're about um yeah, you get some weird people. Like, especially, you know, you train at an MMA gym, you're at an MMA gym. I'm not sure if where you're from. Like, Middlesbrough is a properly weird... T- like, it's weird <laughs> to me, and I, I, I grew up... in How's it weird? Grew, go but on. Like, you just got you your mate's been shagging a porn star, go on. No, no, that was in London, that. Oh, but, that's um, fine. <laughs> but... well. You know i was about to say you get some like really weird characters through your door at your, at your gym you, you it's inevitable but like Middlesbrough's is just odd it's, like there's a guy who an old man who goes around on a mobility scooter around the town and he has like owls like actual live owls perched on the front of his mobility scooter <laughs> that's like that's just a normal everyday sight in middlesbrough um
0: dickens novel you live in what an <laughs> this is this go on
1: i mean it's it's just a strange strange town like it's it's weird to me and i've lived here my whole life
0: the hardwick twins and the man with the owls
1: <laughs> i mean we're not twins there's two years between
0: us oh it's just easy if you say twins though it makes it a bit more of a poem doesn't it like a lim- yeah true
1: <laughs> for, true I was... For uh, sorry I don't, sake. don't ruin my po- poems. Po- poems poems and art don't register i'm from middlesbrough
0: with the owls and the inbreeding
1: um I mean, I don't think there's much of that. The, uh, no, Grinch down. Um, nah, yeah, I would say posh place, like, the, not normal posh. posh, posh you said but, like, posh pizza. The,
0: like, how posh is that pizza? Was it just, like, branded? Or, like, not saying no, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I'm bad boy. But I would say, like, the poshest areas are the worst, and, like, the, the lowest down areas are the worst for inbreeding. It's like the in-between areas, you're all right, but like Middlesbrough is just in-between enough where I don't think we've got a lot of it going on. <laughs> Whereas the royal family, which is the poshest of the posh, they're all inbred as fuck.
0: Now, that's got to be an interesting point in itself. Um, before we go into <laughs> conspiracies and ex- other extents of... Um, Breeding, is there anyone you want to shout out like any sponsors or anything you might still have after this?
1: <laughs> uh, they're, prob- they're probably used to it. Um, yeah, I'll sh- give a shout out to Mills Fight Academy. You know, it's just amazing gym. I'm so happy to be there. Just ridiculously privileged to have Abdul Hamid and Peter Irving as coaches. Uh, Max Scaffoldings, bro my only sponsor at the minute and Lou the guy who owns that won't give a fuck what I say so I'll I'll still have that sponsor (laughs) he's a fun guy he won't give a fuck fantastic and where can people find you Uh, it's Harry I Hardwick on Instagram I don't have Twitter because I think it's a bit shit Uh, and my private Facebook Uh, I get a lot of friend requests since the Bellasoft fight and I ignore most of them. So,
0: <laughs> Links to those will be in the description. Today's episode was brought to you by Mauler MMA. Use code FCMMA20 at checkout for 20% off on all products on maulermma.com.